1: it's john dipetro on am 1380 99.9 fm folks you can always listen online at the website dipetro.com it is thursday uh the website depetro.com, again no eyes. d-e-p-e-t-r-o log on Petro.com. and you'll see we broke the story that um apparently the investigation is serious regarding um the uh providence police officers two in particular have been suspended and this has to do with there was a car chase three teens july 8th into july 9th they were in a uh, bmw convertible they had two rifles later proved to be shotguns Uh, excuse me not shotguns but bb guns and then um they were riding around and menacing and really terrorizing the city there was a ski mask Uh, they did shoot someone they shot a woman in the face um thank god it was a bb and not a bullet but they didn't know whether or not they had rifles and then finally sometime around 1 30 in the morning the car basically had came to a crash halt and one of the youths i believe one of the 15 year olds would not apparently allegedly get out of the vehicle or had trouble getting out of the vehicle and so it was a little bit of an aggressive arrest so um, i have not seen the footage it's being investigated um folks i i think you know what what's terrible here is it's going to overshadow the arrest and the actions of these youths because already because of their rage and again keep in mind as the police this was going on all through the city this was going on even on the highway into Pawtucket, i think they're on the johnston line maybe in and around north providence i'm not sure but definitely all over providence east side into O'Neville, all over the place and then um you know they didn't know what it was and police obviously uh, a younger officer maybe got a little amped up maybe a little aggressive um i have heard that the the video is uh a little ugly he was very upset and filled with rage and you could say rightfully so but um but it's you know the police uh are bracing for it's going to be bad fallout you, you know i've been telling you this today's thursday we broke the story last night the rest of the media jumped on it yesterday but um it's just something to watch now in other news governor desantis now folks the variant is getting worse i know people don't want to hear that but i want to play for you this is the governor of florida ron desantis talking about people being vaccinated so listen to governor DeSantis.
2: The, the most important thing with the data if you are vaccinated fully vaccinated The chance of you getting seriously ill or dying from COVID is effectively zero. If you look at the people that are being admitted to hospitals, uh, over 95% of them are either not fully vaccinated or not vaccinated at all. And so these vaccines are saving lives. They are reducing mortality. Mortality in nursing homes since we rolled out the vaccines in December is down over 95% due to COVID mortality for elderly people since we rolled out the vaccines is down nearly 90 percent and so we're proud in florida that we put seniors first on that because they were the most vulnerable we have 85 percent of our seniors that are vaccinated and about 75 percent of folks over the age of 50. we have no mandate we've provided information to people um and and we've uh, been very honest about any data that that comes out and i can tell you that if you look Uh, You are seeing people that are vaccinated. For whatever reason, some, I think, can test positive if you're vaccinated. But they don't get seriously ill, except maybe rare instances. There's always one-offs on stuff. I can tell you in Florida, your chance of surviving if you're vaccinated is close to 100%. And so we've worked very hard to get those vaccines into all our elderly communities and give it to other folks um, who, who could use it. Obviously, when you talk about some of the younger Folks, the uptake has been less. I think that the distribution uh, w- was very effective that we did. And I think we had a lot of good uptake on the Johnson & Johnson in March and into April. We have saw a noticeable decline in J&J when they pulled it back because of the fda i think it was a huge mistake i said so at the time and i think that that sent a message that maybe this is not something that uh, that they should be doing i think that's been unfortunate because i
1: took it I- you know that's a um excellent point by governor that's ron DeSantis, the governor of florida and that is an excellent point by him when they had to pull that back that did throw a lot of people off but folks and again i'm not going to be a broken record but what you should not ignore is the fact that many of the people so there they are they're in the hospital they're deathly ill and then they're so far along and then they're begging for the vaccine so let's just be very clear about this if you're an adult right now and you're listening to me on am 1380 and 99.9 fm if you come down with the variant or with covid and then you're unbelievably ill you have if you didn't get the vaccine you have no one to blame but yourself and this is going to be very difficult for people i'm not in the business of i told you so's but unless it's available and i know some people i'm confused some people are testing positive that had it all i'm telling you is but they're not dying all right last night town hall president joe biden rambling whether or not, is whether there a man on the you, moon?
0: You, you got the vaccination? Yeah. Are, are, you, are you okay? I mean, you seem, no, it works. Or, you you know, or, 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 or the mom and dad, or, 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 or the neighbor, or when you go to church, or when you're... No, I, I, I really mean it. There are trusted interlocutors. Think of the people, If if your kid wanted to find out whether or not there were... There's a man on the moon or whatever, you know, something or, you know, whether those aliens are here or not,
1: you know. I don't know where he's going with that. I honestly don't know where he's going with that. Uh, I didn't watch all of this. I watched some of the coverage. If you're a small business owner and you voted for Joe Biden, well, he has a message for you. Guess what? $15 minimum wage, $15 an hour. uh, According to President Biden, that's just the beginning that's just the beginning let's hear this is a small business owner saying you know th- this is a um, tough time
0: all kidding aside i think it really is a matter of people deciding now that they have opportunities to do other things and there is a shortage of employees people are looking to make more money and, and to bargain and so i think your business and the tourist business is really going to be in a, in a bind for a little while um and uh one of the things we're ending all those things that are the things keeping people back from from going back to work etc it'll be interesting to see what happens but my gut tells me my gut tells me that part of it relates to you know you can make a good salary as a waiter or waitress Uh, one of my sister-in-laws is of five sisters makes a very good salary she works in atlantic city that's where she's she's from but it is there's a lot of people who who are looking to change their their occupation. So, I think but I could be wrong. Well, let me ask you because John is looking to hire people. He's got 39 restaurants across the country. Yeah. Is there anything you can do to help him out? I mean, he's he's got to get people in well, well, John, for first of all, I, you know, the thing we did to help John and the John's out is provide billions of dollars to make sure they can stay open. Number one. So, you are contributed to making sure john can stay in business
1: you know that's not an answer it's certainly not a reasonable answer but then um you know here is the uh the sound bite that's getting the most attention and it has to do with children under 12 up getting that's vaccinated that's
0: underway just like the other question is illogical and i've heard you speak about it because you always i'm not being solicitous but you you're always straight up about what you're doing and the question is whether or not we should be in a position where you uh, um, are, why can't the, the, the experts say, we know that this virus is in fact, uh, um, uh, it, it, it's going to be, uh, or excuse me, we, we, we know why all the drugs approved are not temporarily approved, but permanently approved. Yeah. That's underway, too. I expect that to occur quickly. Well, that means, you
1: mean for the... You know, I don't understand what he's talking about. All right, folks, a lot more ahead. You're listening to The John DePietro Show. Well, it's a challenge to run your business these days. Maybe you need to find the right type of workers. Why not let MEGA Professionals find them for you? Call MEGA Professionals today, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, 508-336-7801. MEGA, M-E-G-A, Professionals, 508 508- or skilled labor, or warehouse workers, office workers, professionals, even those in the healthcare profession, meager professionals. Call them today, 508-336-7801. Again, 508-336-7801. You focus on your business. Let meager professionals help you find the workers. Meager professionals, 508-336-7801.
2: That's
1: 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. Calvino, call for a free consultation today, 401-785-9400, or online, fightbackcalljack.com, where you or a friend or a member of your family in an auto accident, motorcycle accident, slip and fall, workplace injury, fightback call jack free consultation 401-785-9400 50 years personal injury law experience and his office 100 years combined total with the staff fight back call jack 401-785-9400 it would be great if you were in an auto accident motorcycle accident slip and fall workplace injury and the other person's insurance company Offered to compensate you what they should, but it doesn't happen that way. You need a fighter. Fight back. Call Jack. Free consultation, 401-785-9400. Jack Calvino, 401-785-9400. Or online, fightbackcalljack.com. Folks, you're listening to the John DePietro Show weekdays. We start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM can always listen online at the website, which is DiPietro.com. It's time for our legal segment. Joining me right now is our legal analyst. He is Rhode Island attorney, Tim Dodd. And, Tim, I want to start off. And, again, it's a kind of a late-developing story. Uh, I broke it on the website, uh, DiPietro.com, on Tuesday night. Police have now issued a statement. And this was a high-speed car chase involved at one point. It involved Pawtucket police because they were in Pawtucket. They went down the – there were three teens, it turned out, three teens – 15-year-old, uh, two 15-year-old, 16-year-old. They had two rifles in the car. They had a ski mask. And they were riding all over the place, going on, on the highway, on and off the <laughs> roads, and all over Providence and after six hours. And then police finally caught up to them. And there is an investigation based on how, I believe at least w- certainly one of the subjects was treated while he was being apprehended by police. Police... Approach the vehicle, guns drawn, I think they blew out a tire. Um, I, th- there's going to be a lot of talk about when police have the right and are given the right to use force. There was no deadly force. they didn't fire a weapon. Turned out there were two BB guns. they didn't know that. They don't know how old they were, but they were in a, a BMW convertible. and um, and what's your first take on the fact that the two officers have been suspended with pay but while the investigation's going on?
3: I I think with a high-profile situation like this, which is getting publicity in today's environment to leave them on the job, on the street, getting paid, the optics would create more problems from a public perception and media inquiry than it's probably worth. Um, Did these cops do anything wrong? My understanding is reports came in that there were shots fired that there was a car, people were in it with rifles, and um, the calls were coming into 911. Now now the chase uh, begins. And I think the police will know more, but the fact that they chased them around for hours, they didn't use deadly force, they didn't do anything which would cause the potential for more harm, um, I think shows a fair amount of patience on the part of the police based on what we know right now. That could change when a further investigation is done. Every police department has what's called a hot pursuit policy. And the hot pursuit policy governs when you can give chase, when you can uh, engage in a high speed chase, when you can cross jurisdictions from let's say Providence into Pawtucket, uh, you know, once you go over the the city or the town line, where you're an officer, uh, there's a question whether you have the right to pursue into um, a neighboring town. So let's assume there's a bank robbery and the robbers are on the on the run, and we know that they're in a green Toyota and you're chasing them as a police officer and you leave Providence because you don't want to lose sight of them. And you're in Pawtucket. You've got the right to do that under the standard hot pursuit policy. In this case, there's allegations that these people in the car, the number is unknown. Their age is unknown. Their sex is unknown. And there's allegations that they were pointing these weapons to the rear at the cops who were chasing them, which is a very provocative action. Now, they didn't know their BB guns. They didn't know these guys were juveniles in the car. Right. Um, all they know is there's a car that's not giving up. It's not slowing down. It's not pulling over despite a police chase uh, it, involving officers and vehicles from at least what, two or three different communities. Yeah. Now they pull them over and now it's only BB guns and now it's only kids. But you don't know that in the heat of the moment. Hindsight's always perfect on these situations Um, So did any of the cops rough up the kids? Did they take advantage of the situation and, you know, give them um, um, inappropriate treatment from, you know, physical interaction? Well, if they did unnecessarily, then there should be sanctions if they improperly um, utilize more force um, than would have been necessary under the circumstances. You know, the cops can't give payback because they're ticked off that they've been exposed to potential risk and, you know, following somebody around for hours. Now, these kids, ultimately, they crashed their car, I believe, into a fire hydrant. That's what ended the chase. And then they're apprehended. Um, It doesn't appear at this point that they necessarily were resisting arrest or running out of the cars and fleeing. Um, You might have just had a ticked off cop who... um, wanted to administer a little bit of punishment on his or her own, and that's never acceptable. John, there's many cases where we have um, lawsuits and inquiries with high-speed chases. Many times what happens is there's a high-speed chase. Is the specter of probable criminal activity. The suspect takes off at a high rate of speed. The cops give chase at a high rate of speed. The suspect loses control hits a tree, hits a stone wall, hits something, and um, unfortunately dies as a result of the impact. There's many cases where the estate of the deceased suspect will sue the police department, saying that the provocation of this high-speed chase and this high-speed pursuit um, was an unreasonable uh, police tactic which led to the death of the suspect. Uh, Most of those cases result in verdicts for the cops that what they did was justified, but there's always the specter of civil litigation for wrongful death claims. And there are occasions where the decedent's estate does get money either from a jury or through a settlement, you know, and that's where these investigations start and end. Uh, Luckily there were no deaths, no serious injuries here, but, um, these hot pursuit cases are always looked at and in today's environment it's not surprising that these guys have been put on the sidelines pending the investigation
1: now tim Dodd, in in our um in in the world of police you're a police officer there's a car that's being pursued at one point they either stop or what have you and someone in the vehicle points a rifle at you now, granted then you find out later it's a bb gun but you don't know that people are calling in saying shots fired and there's a rifle in that moment. I mean you tell me if I'm wrong, but I, I think those three youths are actually <laughs> lucky that it, it certainly seems the police they could have been justified of I, I opened fire. He pointed a, a rifle at me. I commanded him for the stop and so I, I shot him. Now that didn't happen but I, I wouldn't that't wouldn't that. I, granted, I'm, I'm, I realize that's a little bit of a hypothetical, but that, that's how serious this, this is that they, they could have had justifiable force.
3: Yes. Yes, they could have had justifiable force, and you know it's a situation where the cops are chasing people who allegedly have rifles, who have allegedly fired those rifles, who are disobeying all commands to pull over to stop, who continue on. Uh, I think, based on what we know today, the police officers used um, demonstrated great patience. And used appropriate deliberation in not escalating this thing by, as you say, maybe firing back when they see rifles allegedly pointed at the cruisers. Yeah. Um, I, I think that the response of these cops was measured based on what we know today. And it resulted in apprehending the suspects and arresting them, you know, without anything really serious happening to any of these kids no. if any of these cops decided i'm i'm ticked off i've wasted hours doing this and you threaten me with a rifle i'm going to pistol whip you well obviously mm. that wouldn't be appropriate right. or anything close to that wouldn't be appropriate and if anything like that happened or even something to a lesser example but inappropriate use of physical um retaliation against any of these kids then the officer who did that allegedly if that occurred should be sanctioned
1: mm. Now, Tim, Tim Dodd also, and again, folks, speaking with Attorney Tim Dodd, you also have these other officers that were suspended with the Sales Street incident back on June 29th. Is, are we in new ground where they, one of them was suspended for saying, do you want some more uh, of the pepper spray? And then there was another officer who, in the melee, his body cam got knocked off. One of the people there was standing or kicked his body cam he then pushed shoved someone out of the way, supposedly, to get them off it. And 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 from SalesTree, you had you had three people suspended, one for ten days for saying you want some more of this with the pepper spray. Kim, can, can we agree that, you know, I, I just think five years ago, ten years ago, you, you just wouldn't have seen this type of action, right?
3: Well, I think that you would not have seen the response of Mayor Olorza. Right. and um, Steve Perry and others um, chastising and criticizing these officers. I mean, you got to remember several things. This is a address and a street that the cops had been to for other right. melees, what, 40-some times? Yep. So they knew where they were going. They knew what they were walking into. They knew that these were people who, um, you know, had real acrimony, these two camps of people, and um they knew where they were going. And the Mm. cops are greatly outnumbered by this crowd. Right. And from past experience, they had reason to believe when they gave commands to disperse, they weren't going to be listened to. When they gave commands to step back, they're not going to be listened to. They'd been here before. This was not their first rodeo on this street. They knew what to expect. Yep. So now, Mayor Lorza, I mean, astonishingly, I, I don't I don't know where he's coming from. He says they used inappropriate language. Mm. Okay. So you go in there as a police officer, and you say, pardon me, my good man. Oh, <laughs> would you be so kind as to step back? <laughs> right. I mean, that's preposterous. It is. You've got to go in there, and if you can't use physical restraint, and if you have to exercise a measured response. One of the only things you can do to intimidate and to try to force compliance, and in my view, if you have no other option, is to speak in a tough, assertive manner and to try to gain control of the situation through your words, through your tone, through what you say, through what you might be threatening to do right. which you don't even intend to do with your language. You know, you, you only have so many um, cards to play if you're a cop walking into that situation. So if you say move back and they don't move back and then you say move the F back or I'm going to spray you with this pepper spray, you know, or you use other... Um, Foul language, F words, you know, S words, other, other, other words that might suggest some intimidation or speaking in more of a street language that people might understand. I think that's perfectly reasonable under the circumstances. Yeah. Now, if if the cops started using racial slurs. Right. um, That wouldn't be appropriate. You know, I think at one point, one of the cops says it's the Spanish against the blacks. Yeah. Now, that may be a statement of fact um, that might suggest some um, racial or ethnic um, animus on the part of the officer saying it. Sure. But at the end of the day, I think he was making a statement of facts because I think that's kind of how this whole yep um, street was shaking out, that it was one specifically identifiable group against the other. Yeah. A 10-day suspension is, um, I think, inappropriate and disproportionate to what the cops were observed to be doing. There's a second wave. I think the second group got a three-day suspension. Now, yep. they're all going to appeal and grieve this through their union. Okay. They'll ultimately get a Bill of Rights hearing. Um, these sanctions might be reversed. Which you know will have some effect on you know the 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 uh, personnel record the jacket for each of these cops they don't want to have this sort of thing in their personnel file. Um, I am sure that the mayor and the city council and to a lesser degree Steve Perry, you know they're they're playing to the media and they're playing to the disgruntled populations who are looking for any reason to criticize the cops right now. Mm. Um, so politically and from a, you know, talking points for publicity, I guess there's no downside for these. They, we're going to suspend these guys because we think their language is inappropriate. But I think if you're a cop on the streets, it's going to be very demoralizing. Yeah. You know <laughs> what's left for you to yeah. do.
1: Folks you know, quick break. I, I got to take a quick break. Yeah, a lot more attorney. Go ahead, Tim. Finish
3: it's what it's no wonder you hear more and more that people are calling the cops and they either don't show up yeah or they seem disengaged or right. uninterested in what point? your complaint is you yeah. know what's the point why am i going to go out and do anything here
1: folks quick break a lot more attorney tim dodd right here on the john DePietro show Mega truck and trailer appear. call them today commercial trailers diesel equipment serving rhode island and massachusetts 508 336 24-hour mobile service and also ABS repairs, brakes, doors. Listen, if it's on a trailer, Mega Truck and Trailer Repair, they can repair it. Call them today, 508-336-2110, 508-336-2110. It's Mega Truck and Trailer Repair. We're speaking with our legal expert, Attorney Tim Dodd. Tim, this was a story also uh, in Cranston now where police are called, actually 911 is called, a, uh, and it's terrible, uh, the quick action by the neighbor. This is uh, behind the stadium, and a mother tells police she was down in her basement smoking pot doing laundry. 11-year-old's in charge of four, three kids, I believe. Two-year-old ends up face down above ground pool. The police, thank God, the neighbor jumped into action. I actually spoke with the neighbor last night. She was a paramedic in the military She performed CPR. The little girl, it seems, is now going to survive and be okay at Hasbro Children's Hospital. But police did arrest the mother in this uh, situation.
3: Yes, this this reminds me a little of the case from maybe a week ago where the mother left two kids in a running vehicle unlocked while she went shopping at Walmart. Um, And she was charged in that case uh, with the felony of child neglect. Now, the same thing happens to this mom. Um, she's in the basement allegedly doing at the washing machine, smoking pot um, while she's got an 11 year old kid ostensibly watching a one year old, a two year old (laughs) and a three year old. So, you know, she's, I don't think going to be parent. Um, Suddenly one of the the 11 year old says I've lost sight of the two year old. Finally, mom runs upstairs sees the situation, screams and yells. The neighbor comes over, pulls the kid out of the pool who's face down, performs CPR, and revives the child. We don't know if the child will have any permanent um, issues as a result of the time that she was not breathing and in the water. Only time will tell. Um, So mom's charged with the felony of um, child neglect. The child neglect statute um, isn't a thing of beauty in terms of how it's drafted and if you look at the elements you know a one time screw up in not watching your kid appropriately does not necessarily conform with the intent of the statute I mean, it really talks about having a child living in you know a, a home where it's dangerous or a chronic situation where Uh, a child is not properly cared for, not properly fed, not properly clothed, not properly um, bathed, things of this nature. Um, A one-off stupid thing like sitting in the basement, getting stoned while your kid's out near a pool Mm. um, may or may not conform to the um, elements of the statute. Only time will tell. But um, I think the statute will result in some sort of a plea bargain. I don't foresee these cases, this one or the lady with the kids in the car, ever um, going to trial. But the astonishing thing in this, you know, touchy-feely uh, criminal uh, law world that we're living in, policing, is if, if you take a plea or are convicted under the child, fel- child neglect statute, um, under the felony portion of the statute, Um, There's an obligation that you go to parenting classes. So just as last week, you know, uh, lesson one, don't leave your kids in a parking lot in a running car without an air conditioner. Lesson two, don't leave your kids by a swimming pool and go into the basement to smoke pot. I mean, these things seem so elementary that it's astonishing that there are parents out there who would have to presumably go to class to learn not to do these very obviously stupid, stupid things.
1: Yeah. Folks, again, we're speaking with our legal expert attorney, Tim Dodd. Tim, we're going to stay in Cranston. ACLU released, they thought it was like a blockbuster, that they feel that they have found Cranston police have some kind of a quota about speeding tickets and giving out speeding tickets. Uh, Cranston police, by the way, dispute that, and they claim the ACLU has no idea what they're talking about. But what what is your take on this?
3: Well, the ACLU came out with a press release saying that um, Cranston has a quota that cops are required and obligated um, to um, give out so many uh, tickets um, during their shifts um, that they've got to give out a minimum of two tickets um, during their patrol shift or at least stop two cars for that purpose and the suspicion or the allegation put forth by the ACLU is that this is a tool that could be misused by cops in a way that would foster racial profiling. Now, that's a presumption. We don't know if that's backed up statistically or factually or if it's just a nice headline to say the cops are using this um, obligation to ticket Um as an excuse to racially profile drivers. Um, I'm not sure they can back any of that up in response, chief Winquist who's um, I I live in Cranston and I think chief Winquist is uh, an excellent chief and I think Cranston's really lucky to have him agreed. Um, He says, no, 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 that's not the policy. He said, you know, uh, the stops that we suggest, it's not mandatory. The stops that we suggest, it's not for investigative stops. So it's not a pretext to pull people over to see if there's drugs in the car. It's not a pretext to create suspicion for different conduct. The stops that are suggested during the course of your shift is looking for safety issues. Cars without mufflers, cars without inspection stickers, cars without front license plates, cars with um, cracked windshields, you know, things that would affect the safe operation of a vehicle, not not stopping people saying, hey, that guy looks like a drug dealer, let's pull him over. So it's not mandatory, and it's for basically vehicle safety issues. Um, So the chief, the colonel says what the ACLU is saying is simply factually inaccurate. Now the ACLU is out there saying, well, if you think you've been pulled over and if you think it's been a racially profiled um, stop, please let us know. Well, I'm sure there's a conga line of people saying, I think I've been racially profiled because a cop pulled me over. Right. Well, what were you pulled over for? Well, I was speeding. Well, I've got a cracked windshield. Well, I don't have an inspection sticker. Well, I don't have a front license plate. These are the types of stops that I believe um, the two, the suggestion of two per shift um, is intended for. And I think it's in part to, you know, I guess if you didn't have any obligation to do anything of that nature, if you're a cop, I guess you could just drive around in circles for eight hours. Mm. At least this is a way to monitor what you're doing when you're right. out there. Yeah. So... It's, it's, it's a nice uh, headline that the ACLU will, you know, get some ink. But I think it's a long way to go before they can prove it. They may think it, but I'm not sure they can prove it.
1: Folks, another quick break. A lot more. Attorney Tim Dodd right here on the John DePietro Show. J Perry Paving always provides high-quality pricing, exceptional service. Residential, commercial, seal-coating patios. Get your driveway paved. Letter J, J. Perry Paving. 20 years experience specializing in commercial paving, residential paving, seal-coating patios, and general masonry projects. J. Perry Paving. They offer free estimates. Call them today at 401-732-1730. 401-732-1730. 732 1730 you can also find them on facebook it's j perry paving get your driveway paved and if you're a veteran no one has a better package for veterans than j perry paving whether it's a brand new paving project or just a cracked driveway that needs to be refreshed j perry paving has your back check out the benefits of investing in asphalt paving affordable smooth safe to drive on aesthetically appealing asphalt can be recycled reused call them for a free quote today 401-732-1730 j perry paving license licensed insured contracting company they will meet your needs no matter how big or how small and no one treats veterans better than j perry paving call them today 401-732-1730 401-732-1730 for j perry paving Speaking with our legal expert, Attorney Tim Dodd, Tim, we finally are seeing some of the January 6th uh, protesters, whatever you want to call them, Trump supporters, rioters inside the Capitol. It's hard to believe some of these people are still locked up. They've been locked up. But, um, you know, at at least the first one, there was a lot of anticipation to see just how much they were going to get whacked. And I believe the first one out of the box, prosecutors wanted, I think it was 18 months. He ended up with eight months what does this tell you on the first wave of protesters that are getting sentenced?
3: It's an interesting uh, sort of benchmark that the judge in that case has set because going forward, uh, I think there'll be a lot of comparisons to see what the conduct of different defendants were when compared to what this guy gets. Yep. Um, As you say, the prosecutors wanted 18 months Uh, Defense counsel wanted either probation or home confinement. And the judge said, you know, if we allow people to storm the Capitol and we don't put them in jail, you know, are we doing enough to try to preserve our democracy? So I think the judge determined that some prison time was necessary to send out a message to the whole group to set a standard. And as a warning to people in the future, if you do something like this. You're going to go to jail. And the judge said, you know, before sentencing, this was not by any stretch of the imagination, a protest. That's his words. He said it was an assault on our democracy. Um, There's a little bit of truth, and I think a little bit of um, overstatement in what the judge said at that point, but the judge did severely undercut what the prosecution wanted. This guy... Did go in. Um, he did get to the floor of the house chamber. Yeah. He he was up near the rostrum, but the judge did point out that he didn't assault anybody. Nope. He didn't damage or destroy anything. He didn't, you know, smash windows. He didn't vandalize anything. He just went in with mm. the group and kind of stood around in the well of the, uh, of the uh, house of representatives and was captured uh, over and over on a video simply being there. Um, He also was very apologetic and contrite before sentencing, which I think went a long way. Mm. You know, he wasn't one of these guys up there saying, you know, this is a blow for freedom, this is, you know, blah, blah, blah. He got up there and said, this is one of the stupidest things I've ever done. Mm. I don't know why I did it. I was following the crowd. And I think that he hit just the right tone of um, acceptance of responsibility and acknowledging the foolishness of, you know, going along with the crowd in this um, wrong-headed, dangerous, and ultimately really um, unfortunate incident. People died um, for a variety of circumstances, but. Um, I don't know if anyone went in to the Capitol ever dreamed that, you know, one guy would have a heart attack, another one would die of un- yeah. unknown causes, another one would get shot by Capitol police. I mean, the the unintended consequences of this um, can't be uh, can't be overstated. It was a horrible situation. Now, the next guy who goes in and smashed Nancy uh, Pelosi's uh, yes. gavel or whatever he did or broke into her office, or smashed mm. windows, or mm. assaulted Capitol Police officers. You know, if this guy got eight months just for standing around and walking in, mm. wow. um, you know, this, that's gonna be the, on the low end of the spectrum. So yeah. if the guys going forward who are charged and waiting their fate, you know, they can do the math too. They're gonna be looking at multiple year sentences, I would wow. presume. Yeah, And and you know, the as we've said before, this is the most zealous investigation and the most yes. zealous prosecution. they arrested over uh, 500 to...
1: of them, Tim Dodd, and they're still looking for some of them. They're still posting photos of them, they trying to find people. Wow. Yes,
3: and, and it's the Capitol, and yeah. it was during the um, effort to um, certify the results of the electoral Congress, and it's not like people marching down the streets of uh, Portland, Oregon, setting things on fire. This had a different yeah. level of um, conduct in that it's the capital during, you know, a constitutionally mandated process to uh, elect a new president. Um, so it's something that can't be tolerated, but it would be nice if the authorities went after.
1: Yes. Some of the other all protesters fo- all in this place. That's right.
3: Protesting with the yep. same vigor. And yes. the discrepancy in the vigor, I think, leads many people to question
1: um, even-handed the, some of that, the motivation. Yeah.
3: yeah. And the fact that it's so uneven in terms of its pursuit that um, it, this creates more distrust in the government, I think.
1: Now, Tim Dodd, the variant is getting, and now this variant is suddenly springing up. There's some talk on whether or not employers could start to require their employees to receive the vaccine. Apparently, one of the reasons the variant, it's very contagious, but it's spreading so much, are people that didn't get the vaccine. So there's a lot of people wondering whether or not they may be faced with a situation where they work, where their workplace may say, in order to work here, you need to be and prove that you were vaccinated.
3: It's a very troubling trend. Um, It's going to be looked at on a state by state basis, certainly there are CDC guidelines which employers can't rely upon, but you know every state has a different set of laws. Now everyone says, "Wow, well, this is a pandemic, so this is different. We have to make exceptions." Well, you know, if if your employer was asking to see um, the results of your annual physical to see if you're a person who was yep. going to be prone to be sick. Sure. If you're diabetic, if you've got high blood pressure, if you're obese, whatever yeah. your deal might be. Smoker,
1: you know, yeah.
3: Smoker. Um, if you're pregnant, you yeah. know, any anything. Hot um, smoker, anything. Anything. If that becomes a standard mm. that we can start looking at these things, um, that's a hugely dangerous precedent. Yeah. And just because it's a pandemic, in my view, you should not be obligated to show some evidence of being vaccinated and you should not be compelled to be vaccinated. I know there's some talk about requiring evidence of having been vaccinated, unless you can show that you can't be vaccinated on religious grounds or because you have some underlying um, pathologies or morbidities, comorbidities, I should say, that make you susceptible if you get the vaccine to have adverse consequences. Um, is it going to be the honor system? Do you basically Uh say, yep, I've had the vaccination or no, I have not. And I'll simply wear a mask. Let's assume your employer says, if you don't come in showing us that you've had the vaccine, you're going to be fired. And you say, well, I'm not going to get the vaccine. And now you apply for unemployment. You know, have you been fired uh, for just cause? Have you refused work when it was available? Um, It seems to me this is, instead of the ACLU looking at what the cops are doing, stopping people for, you know, broken taillights, this is a case they should be looking at because this has a serious impact on our constitutional rights. Uh, What is the rights of the individual? What is your right to keep your medical situation confidential? And how much can your employer pry into your medical history? I, I think it's an extraordinarily dangerous precedent. And I would hope that someone challenges this in court if it ever comes to Rhode Island that employers are insisting that you be vaccinated or show evidence of vaccination before you can come back to work. I think it's really dangerous.
1: Our final story is this woman in New Jersey, huge Trump supporter. So the president apparently lost. So she's decided, hey, it's my property. And she has these signs up. And some of them are, I can't even repeat what they say, but it's like blank Biden and some other stuff. And people have objected to it but she is not backing down saying I have a right regarding my first amendment right to express on my property, how I feel about the current president. Where is this yeah. case going?
3: This case it, it's, it's interesting. She, <laughs> she's been fined. She, this case went before a municipal court judge in New Jersey and the fine that she is subject to is $250 a day. And there's nothing in the ordinance which prohibits uh, the posting of political signage. Um, the only ordinance in this particular uh, town is that you cannot um, display signs or, you know, post um, billboards or anything of the like if it uh, contains any obscene material, communication, or performance. Yep. Now. There's some of the stuff that's on this uh, lady's property says, you know, don't blame me. I voted for Trump. Right. There's another one that says, and I think I can say this, Joe Biden sucks. Yep. There's another one that says socialism sucks. <laughs> and Biden, uh, I will not know, it's a B word. Yeah. There's another one that says F Biden. Right. Uh, there's another one that says F Biden, not my president. And things of that nature. Yep. And I analogize this one, John, in a in a way, to the Rhode Island case about the license plate. Yeah. The guy that wanted to have F K G A S.
1: Yeah.
3: Um, and um, the federal court here in Rhode Island, um, saying, it's it's an infringement on your First Amendment rights to limit what you can say on a license plate. Now the registry hasn't come up with a policy as to what things can and can't be on a license plate. Can you have uh, certain four-letter words? Is that going to be allowed? I guess it's part of your First Amendment right, uh, except that in, with license plates, it's a privilege that's granted you by the state to have this thing on your car so you can drive. So I think the state would have a little bit more of a say on what can be on your license plate. This lady simply has signs on her own property, and if she wants to have a sign that says F Biden, and if her neighbor wants to put up a sign that says F Trump (laughs) – Um, I think that they have a First Amendment right to do it. And to me, this is another case that, you know, maybe our local ACLU affiliate should drive down to New Jersey and give this lady a hand. Um, And as her lawyer said, you know, under the First Amendment, you know, the lawyer said, I may not agree with what this lady's saying, but under the First Amendment, You know, the theory has always been I may disagree with with what you're saying, but I'll fight to the death to defend your right to say it. And that's the essence of the First Amendment. Mm. So I think at the end of the day, um, she should be allowed to keep these signs. Wow. And that's not a partisan thing. I think the same would be true if somebody had uh, disparaging signs up in reference to Donald Trump. Sure. Um, It's free speech. Mm. And I wonder if the signs in question were disparaging towards trump instead of biden uh if there'd be such a hue and cry and a judge would be so ready to say you know free speech has its limits you can't do this hmm. well why not
1: right we're gonna find out folks he is our legal expert attorney tim dodd tim great job and we will talk to you again thanks john take care this summer let j k engineering keep you and your family nice and cool J Kale engineering call them today 401-351-7600 they're licensed in rhode island and massachusetts jkl it's going to be a hot summer ahead called jkl engineering today estimates are free financing is available remember with jkl 54 years in business reputation is second to none especially for technical expertise customer satisfaction jkl is an approved national grid vpi installer they're also a Navien certified factory dealer called jkl for a system replacement oil to gas for a heat pump Estimates are free. Financing is available this summer. Call J.K.L. Engineering right now. Remember, they do it right. They do it right the first time. They'll keep you and your family or your employees nice and cool. Call J.K.L. 401-351-7600. Remember, J.K.L. Engineering, licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts, a carrier factory authorized dealer. It's J.K.L. Call them, 401 351 this summer, stay nice and cool with J. Cale Engineering, 401-351-7600. This summer, continue to enjoy your best lawn ever with Lawn Doctor of Rhode Island. Contact them today for a free quote, 401-392-1025, or online, LawnDoctor.com. A lot more summer ahead, plus the fall. Lawn Doctor of Rhode Island, your best lawn ever guaranteed call for a free quote today 401-392-1025 find out also about keeping your family safe from ticks and mosquitoes lawn doctor of rhode island check out their website it's lawndoctor.com or call today for a free quote 401-392-1025